1: Welcome to the Early Edge Wildcard Weekend Mega Preview presented by BetMGM. I am really excited for this show. We've got Mike McClure. We have RJ White. Two pieces of business to take care of before we get into it, guys. And welcome along. Four and two last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's keep that rolling. And everybody, please hit the like button. We're going to get started. Browns and Texans been two and a half and three back and forth this week. There seems to be a battle there. Um, A little discouraging or disturbing news. Amari Cooper sitting out today due to rest slash heel. But all, all expectations are is that he will give it a go. And I do like the Browns at less than three. Just because of Joe Flacco, he threw for 368 yards uh, and three touchdowns in the first meeting. And I know C.J. Stroud didn't play, but C.J. Stroud has struggled against cover one. It's the only coverage that he has struggled against, and the Browns play more cover one than any other coverage, and I think Tank Dell not being there will affect them because when you have Denzel Ward, when you have Martin Emerson, you have guys who can help cover, help slow down Nico Collins. My play is the Browns laying less than a field goal. RJ, what about you?
3: I'm on the other side. I want to get the three, though, Um, and at this line of two and a half, love throwing Houston in as a teaser. Big win for them last week. They're typically strong run defense Collapse, and they only had one sack against Indy. Um, But that was with no Jonathan Grenard, um, who I think is key to their pass rush. We'll see if he's able to play. Keep an eye on the injury report for him because he only played three snaps in that first game, and Will Anderson missed that first game against Cleveland completely. Uh, But Houston is 12th in sack rate on the season and against these replacement tackles for Cleveland. I think they can have some success and get some pressure on Flacco. And that is the key to get pressure on Flacco. All three games where they scored 30 points, he had zero or one sacks. And the other two where the scoring was a little bit more muted, he had multiple sacks against him. Cleveland's offense, just 26 in yards per rush. I think the game is going to rest on Flacco's arm and D'Amico Ryans knows that he's going to bring the pressure there, and that Cleveland defense, talk about cover one, I mean, they allowed almost 30 points per game on the road, and they got to face those bad quarterbacks in the first meeting. The one issue where they have on the road is giving up explosive plays, and we know Houston can get explosive plays basically whenever they want, doesn't matter if Tank Dell is not in there, they'll do it to Noah Brown, they'll do it to Nico Collins, and I think they'll be able to do it against this Cleveland defense, as long as they get a little bit of protection against this pass rush, and, uh, and Bobby Sloak's shown that he's able to do that for C.J. Stroud, no matter who's on the offensive line there so I think the value is backing Houston here I think this line should be closer to pick them but if you can get it at three um, that's the number to take Houston at and if you can't throw it in a teaser there's a couple good teaser spots aside from this game
1: RJ, you made a great point about Jonathan Grenard, who led the team with 12
3: and a half sacks.
1: His status uh, is going to be critical on that ankle injury. The one thing I would counter on that Cleveland defense, everyone talks about the drastic home road splits, but they had the rest last week, and that should help Miles Garrett and the rest of that defense be closer to their home form than they were in some of those road games. They were very banged up. Mike, are you with me? Are you with RJ?
4: I'm going to be on RJ's side here, Larry. I lean to the Texans, especially if you can get the three. Uh, I think there are a couple things to think about here. Number one, Joe Flacco. He look, he's been fantastic in the limited action so far. The week off, is it a good thing for him? Maybe, maybe not. But I think the stakes are obviously a lot higher in this particular matchup. I think it's not necessarily to his benefit that this game is indoors in a controlled environment. You know, there are a few teams in the NFL that really benefit from playing in the elements and playing some of those more gritty games The Cleveland Browns definitely fit that bill. If this game, obviously, if it were a home game for them, they would be be a significant favorite for sure. But just any outdoor game, I would like them a lot more. When you're giving someone like Stroud perfect conditions to sling the football in, uh, I really, really question what the Browns are able to do on the road here. They have been a really dead over team giving up points on the road this season. In fact, 8-0 to the over. Uh, when playing away from home. So I I think this is one where the Texans defense can put enough pressure on Flacco to frankly force him to play like he has been playing. If he's playing at that level, again, against maybe not the best competition in the NFL, uh, but if he's able to play at that level again, it's going to be a very, very competitive game. But I think there's definitely a scenario that we are not accounting for here. And that is a scenario that Joe Flacco looks like Joe Flacco and the reason why he (laughs) was not in the NFL. I think that's entirely possible that that happens at some point. When it does, the Browns will certainly be exiting the playoffs at that point. But I like the Texans here. I think that C.J. Stroud can at least keep them within this number where it's a very close field goal game. But I think they win this one outright at home.
1: Joe Flacco is 38 years old. I think the rest will help him at least play well in this matchup. I do want to talk about the total for a second because I talked to my buddy Joe Gibbs at NFL Ref Stats, and he is telling me that we are going to be on the over in this game, which plays well with what you said, Mikey. RJ, do you have any opinion on the total?
3: Yeah, I would lean to the over based on what Mikey's saying and based on um, you know this Cleveland defense looking pretty bad when it gets on the road. Um, and, and my only concern there is actually on the Joe Flacco side. It's like Mikey's talking about, I mean, this is a guy three days before Thanksgiving or the week before Thanksgiving, he was unemployed and he got signed to the practice squad at that point. And it's really been a meteoric rise. And he is at peak value. And this Browns team is at peak value for me because of the uh, what he's shown in just a few weeks' time. And, you know, he's had two, three great games, two solid games And the market is all over them, and they push this Browns team up as high as it can go. I think in market rating, when you consider that Houston's a pretty solid team on their own, so I'd be interested to hear um, if Mike, since Mikey's leaning on the Houston side, um, what he would make the game uh, when you factor in home field advantage. Because I think it should be on the other side of Pickham. You know, I think the the Texans should be favored by a little bit, but um, I could understand it being Pickham with the hype of the Browns. I just can't get behind three. Um, So if you think that the the Browns deserve to be three-point favorites, you need to hammer this over because that means both teams are going to be scoring points here. Mikey, what what do you make the number?
4: Yeah, I still have. Cleveland as a slight favorite, a one-point favorite here now uh, on the last run, but a lot of that is making assumptions. I've had to make the assumption that Joe Flacco is closer to what we've seen the last five weeks and not 38-year-old Joe Flacco, and then I do have a knock on C.J. Stroud a little bit, just being a rookie and everything that we've seen there, but – I, I think that the Texans' offense is definitely going to score. So, Flacco has got to uh, like this. Isn't a game where Joe Flacco is going to go down the field and score twenty points and win a twenty to seventeen game? I do not see that happening. If they, if the, the Browns win this game, I think it takes a bare minimum of twenty four points and likely twenty seven. NFL
1: GMs and owners can't be wrong about quarterbacks. We saw nobody go after Lamar Jackson when he was available, uh, and now he's the MVP. So, you know, maybe the Jets should have uh, brought back Joe Flacco. But enough about that game. We will agree to disagree and see what happens Saturday afternoon. But now we go to Saturday night. Chiefs and Dolphins. The Dolphins just signed Justin Houston. They may have signed other street-free agents because they have nobody to rush the passer. When they lose Van Ginkle, you lose Goody. You're already without Chubb, without Phillips. Emmanuel Agba was inactive a couple of weeks ago by choice, and now he is a starting defensive end, uh, outside linebacker. On the other side, 34-year-old Melvin Ingram. So if Patrick Mahomes cannot have a decent game, against this battered uh, Miami defense, Zavian Howard also supposed to be out uh, for the Dolphins, then I don't know when uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a good game. And I will say the Dolphins outplayed the Chiefs in the first matchup in Germany. Uh, they definitely were the better team. I believe there was a very fluky play with Tyreek Hill that kind of flipped that entire game. Uh, but this time it's a totally different story with how banged up they are. Short week, traveling. Plus, you have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid off a of bye. They should be able to do enough. And we know about Tua's struggles in the cold. The good news for Miami, I'm on the Chiefs, as you can tell. The good news is Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, supposed to be back for this game. They're optimistic about that. So I'm on the Chiefs. Mikey, are you coming with me?
2: I'm
4: coming with you, Larry. I think this number should be six uh, at a minimum here. And, you know, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to home field advantage in the NFL. We can talk back and forth about how much it's worth at certain times, what factors actually matter. I think this is a tough, tough spot for Miami. We can talk about the injuries on both sides of the ball, but I think you really have to focus on the defensive side of the ball. They've lost four linebackers in two weeks. The mid-level of the defense there is what's most important when trying to stop this Kansas City attack. They do not throw the football deep down the field. It's a lot of decisions around the line of scrimmage. That's where they need the linebacker play. That's where I think they're going to be in trouble. Uh, That defense that did is so banged up. They played 77 plays last week. Now a short week with travel and probably the coldest game we will see all season anywhere in the NFL. uh, It's going to be absolutely brutal there. Kansas City naturally above average in terms of home field advantage. The weather Fans are still going to show up there in this game. It's going to be a great spot. Andy Reid off the bye, Mahomes. This is one where I think there are a number of ways to attack it if you want to look Dolphins team total under. um, The other thing to consider here, Tyree Kill, he's very fast. He's taken a lot of shots, a lot of hits uh, in that last game against Buffalo. When you're cold in that kind of weather, warming up like that, when you see a guy like Patrick Mahomes being able to execute a five- to seven-minute drive, do not underestimate how difficult it can be for a star wide receiver that really relies on speed to frankly just continue to stay loose the entire time while getting hit. I think this is all Kansas City all the way by far my favorite play of the week.
1: Alexander Hilbert in the chat says, I'm a Dolphins fan and we're screwed. Uh, RJ, are you coming aboard? Or are you going to make it a clean sweep?
3: Well, first, I want to see, Larry, if you're playing it at four, which is where it is mostly in the market right now. And I'd seen it sounds like Mike's definitely playing it at four because he has it up to six. So what do you think, Larry?
1: Yeah, it's a lean at that point. Uh, You know, I still like it. I still wouldn't play the Dolphins right now, given all the injury uh, situations that we've got with them. But, yeah, obviously you
3: like it less. So I think it sounds like uh, if Waddle and Mostert are ruled in, like you think they are trending toward toward happening, and the line might come down a little bit in that situation, and that's when you jump on the Chiefs at three and a half. That's what I might do. I don't really want to play it at four. I think four is a fine number um, when you factor in the weather in this game that Mikey was talking about. I mean, I don't see how the Dolphins go out and win this game, but it's hard to to bet against um, you know Mike McDaniel and, and what he's been able to do. He almost won a game with Skylar Thompson last week last year. You know, he, he was competitive with the Bills in that game. Um, So I'm not going to rule him out in any situation. This Chiefs offense has not looked good for a lot of the year, but this should be a matchup they are able to win on with all those injuries that Mikey was talking about on the Miami side. So we'll see Chiefs defense fifth in yards per play, including third in yards per pass and first in sack rate. Even if everybody's healthy on the Miami offense side, they could give that offense a lot of trouble there. Um, They held a healthier Miami offense under 300 yards in that Germany game, even if you can quibble about who should have won that game. Um, The offense didn't play well in that game, but that was before Rasheed Rice is is more, was as much of a factor as he is now. And without the uh, Miami team having these pass rushers available, if you give Mahomes a little bit of time to throw, I think he's going to find Rice, and Rice could be in for a, a big breakout game here in his first playoff game. The Kansas City offense was already second in sack rate, and they're, they're going to keep Mahomes clean. Um, he's unlikely to force himself into turnovers like Josh Allen did against the, the Dolphins last week and, and kept that game close. Um, so I, I agree with Mike. It could be a little bit of a runaway here. I just don't really want to play it at four with how the Chiefs offense has been playing. I want to get it a little bit lower. So I'm going to wait for at least three and a half before I jump on this one and with the bitter cold and Miami's ability to
1: run the ball that you know that is their one path to success i think they're going to have some success on the ground because Kansas City much more vulnerable against the run that will keep the clock moving i'm going to lean under on this total rj are you do you agree
3: yeah, I liked the under. Um, initially, it made a move down to 43 and a half. I think I still see 44s now. to I me. Mean, that just seems too high for the, this type of weather factor. Mike talked about Tyree Hill, you know, not being able to loosen up. We, we've seen these games, he gets banged up and he kind of takes himself out of the game too. And you manage these injuries in these cold weather situations. These guys aren't gonna going to be wanting to go out there and take more hits um, if, if they're dinged up at all. And so you even get the, the chance of recurrence of injury with guys like Waddle and Mostert, but then even Hill, is he going to make it through the rest of the game? So it's really seems like a great under spot here. I think I like taking the Dolphins team total under. I believe it's around 19 and a half more than I do taking the full game under, but either way, it seems like a good under spot in this weather. The Dolphins scored
1: 14 against the chiefs. That was their lowest point total of the season. To your point, RJ and Mike, are you with us in terms of the under?
4: I am. I I lean that way. I'm not going to play it to start. The reason for it is I do think it's a decent spot for Kansas city to, to put up a big number themselves. Um, but I, if I had to play it, it would be the Dolphins team total isolated. Uh, again, makes a little bit of sense considering I'm up to six on the on the side. So you looks like we've lost the 20 and a half. So it was mostly 20 and a half, uh, obviously a very key number being 20. It, it looks like 19 and a half is where it's kind of settled in. So I'm mostly going to stay off of it, but if you find those 20 and a halves out there floating around, I would play the Dolphins team total under 20 and a half or even an alternate line of 21 and a half.
1: And where are you going to place these bets on the total, on the team total, on the side? Hopefully at BetMGM. You know, new BetMGM customers, if you sign up today, you get $158 in bonus bets. That's in honor of the Super Bowl 58. Just place your first wager of at least $5. You will receive $158 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of the wager's outcome. You have to use bonus code EDGE158. That's E-D-G-E 158. Guys, we have four more games to dive into, but first we got to hear from one of our sponsors.
2: Selling a little or a lot? podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
0: robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Mason Rudolph going to Buffalo uh, starts us off on Sunday. It's his fourth start He's been amazing, but these conditions are going to be really tough uh, in terms of throwing the ball downfield with the win that's expected to be there. The Bills have won five straight games. The Bills have all the mojo after that Sunday night win. I do hope that Rasul Douglas is back because he is a key to that defense. Uh, I want to make a case for the Steelers. I want to back this Mason Rudolph story. You know, he's on the veterans minimum. He's been buried on the bench, and now he's finally getting his shot. And the Steelers actually have been running the ball pretty well and you know mike tomlin as an underdog all of that but then you look at no tj watt uh and it's just hard to back the back the Steelers even getting 10 points uh rj i know it's your team i know it's the bills uh but where are you leaning
3: yeah, I think your case for the, the Steelers has to be largely built around the weather and the weather playing a major factor. So we got to keep an eye on that, keep an eye on the snow. If the week at Lake affects snow, keep an eye on the wind you're talking about. Um, and that plays into Pittsburgh's strengths. If they have to go in there and win a, a shootout and a throwing game, they're not going to hang. Um, you know, Josh Allen makes some dumb mistakes here and there, but he he also, you know, 80%, he's, he's Brett Favre. He's 80%, the best guy, quarterback in the league, and 20%, you know, just does too many dumb things. And you just got to live with that. But interesting stat came up in this with cbs research team just now mason rudolph first Steelers quarterback since 1970 with at least 700 pass yards Ten yards per attempt and no interceptions in a three-game span. Truly, been playing very, very good football. But unfortunately, he is the worst quarterback in the playoffs at this point. When you go through and you see who is in the playoffs, there, so this would play to their advantage if it is if it's a run and defense game. The Steelers definitely want that game even without TJ Watt because you're rest, you're rushing the passer less anyway. There, you can lean on Jalen Warren, Najee Harris. I don't know if Jalen Warren's going to be that effective in these conditions. So it's probably going to be a Najee Harris game. Look into his over on his props. Um, Buffalo's defense twenty eighth and yards per rush allowed i know the return of daquan jones helps there but i just it's going to be a high value game for this pittsburgh rushing attack as they try to keep this game close so i'm on the fence 10 is a little high for me i, I can't really back pittsburgh and if i get a nine and a half i think i might want to back buffalo even in bad conditions on a low total um because i just can't see pittsburgh coming out and scoring points here And Brandon Silva in the chat points out that Minka
1: Fitzpatrick should be back for this game, and he's one of the three big keys on that defense along with Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt, so that could help the Steelers cause. Mikey, which way are you going on this game?
4: It'd be Bills or nothing here for me. I made the number 12. Um, You know, look, I think that the Bills are very clearly the better team. It's not. It's disrespectful to call it a bye week, but it would take a lot to see them losing this football game here. The one thing the Bills have been able to do, especially against Miami, they've been able to dominate the time of possession. We witnessed them do this against Kansas City. They just did it against Miami, two teams that actually have the ability to move the football offensively. I don't think Pittsburgh does. Uh, the question is, Is can Najee Harris be effective, gain five yards a carry? If so, they can you know, shorten the game as much as they possibly can. That's certainly the game plan if you're the Steelers. Shorten this game, try to get it to the fourth quarter within 10 points and see if you can get a Mason Rudolph drive. And that's really going to be their game plan. Uh, But as far as the Bills, I I don't see the turnovers coming from Josh Allen in this one. I see a very conservative game plan overall, one that really manages that clock. So I'm not going to lay the big number. If I had to play it, I would. Um, Honestly, it'd be another situation where I'm still interested in that Steelers team total under. Uh, I know it gets uncomfortable where you can lose one with two touchdowns. Uh, As it is an NFL offense after all, but this is a spot to me where I do not see the Steelers putting up 13 points in this game. Uh, So I'm going to be on the Steelers team total under first before I play anything else.
1: Not to bring up bad memories, R.J., but I just wonder if the Bills don't get off to a good start, uh, do we start hearing about what went down last year when they were big favorites in their first playoff game? Not quite like this. uh, And they were facing Joe Burrow. uh, But that was just such a dispiriting loss. Uh, I wonder if the crowd is going to get a little antsy, uh, you know, if this game is 7-6 at the half. Uh, Any thoughts on just the Bills and the trauma associated with the playoff failures?
3: Well, the first playoff game last year was the Miami game, and that was the Scholar Thompson oh, game. Excuse me, and. Yeah. and- they won that game, but the final score was more competitive than you'd expect. Um, I think Miami had a late touchdown, so maybe it wasn't that competitive, but close game at halftime, if I remember right. And uh, and Miami had it within three at the end, and Buffalo was laying 13 and a half in that game, uh, four, or 14 in that game somewhere around there. So um, as long as you get the win, I don't think Bills fans care about covering the spread. So if they can escape here with a win and Pittsburgh covers, they'll take that and, and go into a matchup, probably with Kansas City next week, and then that's really the, uh, the place where you don't want to get caught looking ahead because you know their history with the Chiefs and how much trouble they've had there. So if you start thinking about them a week early, Pittsburgh is, is capable of coming in, and even in a low scoring game, you know, making it a low scoring game and upsetting you. Tomlin has the magic and he's able to, to overperform with these teams more often than not. So I'm never going to count him out. Yeah, these next two games that we're diving into, I think are the highlight
1: of the weekend when you talk about the Packers and the Cowboys. Uh, this is going to be a high scoring game. 50 and a half is the total I'm on the Packers uh, it's not just because of Mike McCarthy's playoff uh, failures it's more just the way he tends to coach in these games he tightens up he just want he just wants to get the win if he gets the lead he's going to try to run the ball And the Packers, I think a lot of people are are still not believing what we're seeing, what they did against a very good bears defense. And that basically flawless game that Jordan love had and could have had a couple more touchdowns uh, was very impressive, especially Aaron Jones. That guy is healthy. That's how you attack the Cowboys. That takes the pressure off of Jordan love. I'm not saying the Packers win the game outright, uh, but I think they have turned a corner late in the season. And I think they can easily lose this game by a touchdown. Mike, Uh, Where do you stand
4: right there with you, Larry? I like the Packers plus seven and a half. And, you know, I'll be the first to say the Cowboys have been fantastic at home in a dome. However, I think that this Packers team is going to be better in that situation as well. First of all, Aaron Jones has been phenomenal since returning. He looks really good. An added weapon in the passing game for Jordan Love, which is absolutely critical. Uh, But, you know, I talked earlier about the, the Cleveland Browns being a team that definitely wanted to play outdoors, play in the elements. That's what they're used to. We're so used to having that be true for the Green Bay Packers at times. I don't think that's true. When you look at what they want to do with Jordan Love, the deep shots down the field, if he's taking those, I want those to be in a dome, in a controlled environment, in perfect conditions. That's where I think they're going to be set up for some success here. I also think it really helps Aaron Jones overall. Some of the ball security holding on to the football. Absolutely critical things here. So I I think the Cowboys are good. It wouldn't shock me if McCarthy struggles in this particular spot overall. I think Dallas definitely finds a way to win the game, but I think Jordan Love is going to be able to hit the deep shot or at least draw the pass interference penalty often enough to keep a drive alive, put up points. Also looking at the Packers, they didn't get to play a lot of games indoors this year, but when they did, that offense was humming, uh, averaging about 27 points a game. I think they're going to be able to score points here. I'll take the seven and a half with the Packers.
1: Yeah, and what they did against the Chiefs defense, uh, a very elite defense, was very impressive. Unfortunately, Christian Watson, we still don't know. Uh, He's missed a bunch, and and there's no guarantee that he'll be out there. But there are weapons still with Reed and Wicks and Aaron Jones. Uh, RJ, are there any other injuries in this game that you're keeping an eye on?
3: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see the state of the Cowboys offensive line. That's been an issue later in the season. So we'll see um, if they're healthy there. Uh, so that, that would be one. I'm interested in this game and to see what Mikey thinks about live betting this game because uh, it really seems it's like a situation here where it's really going to depend on how Love is playing and if Green Bay can get an early yeah. lead. If they fall behind, that Dallas pass rush can tee off on Love. And um, I think he's going to struggle there and Dallas wins go running away with it. So um, if you wait and see if, if the Packers get a score first uh they're definitely going to cover and and probably be getting a competitive game and if they don't you know the cowboys could run away with it so you're looking to do that mike you're looking to see who scores first and kind of live that from there
4: definitely looking at it uh and really just looking to see what the packers defense can do here though you know when you look at dallas and the defenses they played i'm using another screen here They, they put up 38 points against washington were held you know to 20 against detroit 20 against Miami, 10 against Buffalo, and then Philly they put up 33 points. But how good is the Eagles' defense right now? Uh, Washington again, Carolina, the Giants, like it's, and then Philly in that division. Like I don't know how many great defenses they played all year. Uh, so I think that you know I'm not saying the Packers' defense is great, but I think this game can get very very competitive. So what I'd be looking for in terms of live betting Dallas side, uh, I'd be looking for three and a halfs uh, essentially. I, I want to be able A four point victory, I think, is going to be more likely than anything. I make the number six in the game, but three and a half would be the entry point. Uh, And I think that where you would see that would be a scenario where potentially the Packers score first uh, and then Dallas is in a spot on the field where they are either about to punt or a long backed up drive. That's where I think you might start to see that. Um, But if Green Bay is able to have some success early, I would also be looking at live overs uh, just because if if they're going to have some success, I certainly expect Dak and CeeDee Lamb to be able to figure it out. Uh, This this thing could be a a big, big shootout here.
1: RJ, you know, uh, Cowboys four point win. That works well with the teaser that you have.
3: Yeah, I'm teasing Dallas down to minus one and a half. It's interesting what you said. You don't know that uh, the Packers are a great defense. I don't know that they're a good defense. I mean, <laughs> they played well against the Bears, but you know, a couple weeks ago, they let the Panthers do whatever they wanted to them. But the Panthers are a terrible offense that got shut out in the last two games. And in that game against Green Bay, we saw uh, Bryce Young had his first 300-yard passing game going up and down the field, scoring whatever they wanted, and, and they covered that game. So um, it's interesting to me what Packers' defense shows up. I mean, if that defense shows up, I think the Cowboys score 40 in this game, and and I think it's hard for them not to cover even the seven and a half there, because this is Jordan Love's first playoff game. We haven't talked about it in any any of these first matchups, but typically there's value going against the playing on the spread against the quarterback that's making his first playoff start. Um, I didn't do that with C.J. Stroud. I I do like C.J. Stroud in that game, but the other ones I think you can talk yourselves into saying that it's going to matter here, and Jordan Love he looks like he's ascending. He looks like he might be a top-ten quarterback in the league based on how he's performed the last few weeks, especially as he's kind of dealt with all these injuries. And still had an offense that finished eighth in yards per play, top ten in rush and pass, top five most sack rate and third down rate. Um, so they're looking really, really good on offense. Can he keep it up in this high pressure playoff situation on the road against the Cowboys defense that typically plays a lot better at home? And, uh, and with all the pressure on him, I think it's a lot to ask for for him. You know, I think he'll get there eventually. Um, but in this first playoff appearance. I kind of like Dallas here. It's going to come down to seven at some point. That's probably the place where I'm going to play Dallas with with the minus seven. Um, but at seven and a half, I love throwing in a teaser. So I have Dallas minus one and a half in Houston, plus eight and a half as my teaser this week. And so, RJ, you're saying the Packers defense uh, is going to have a different
1: challenge with Dak Prescott than they did with Jaron Hall and Justin Fields uh, the last couple of days. Just last a little bit.
3: And you talk about how they performed very well against that Bears defense that's been playing very well, too. The Bears also got eliminated from the playoffs the week before that. And and they wouldn't be the first team to kind of, you know, feel like, oh, we just missed our opportunity and then kind of mailed it in for the last game. So um, I take a little bit of what happened with the Packers in that game with a grain of salt. They, they statistically, they blew them out, but it was still only an eight-point game on the score, or uh, I believe an eight-point game on the scoreboard, 17-9, and um, didn't really win a huge game, even though they did cover. Um, so so I, I don't know what we're getting from the Packers here feels like it could be they win this game 45 42 they could lose the game 42 to 10 i just don't know but both of those would
1: go over the total and that's where i would lean on this total you got to hope romeo dobbs plays he's day-to-day uh we haven't heard about christian watson yet but they're just so much speed on both sides of the ball i gotta lean over on this one what about you guys starting with mikey
4: yeah, it would be definitely un, I mean, over or nothing here. I'd be looking for a live over, though. I think there's definitely a scenario where the first drive stalls. Uh, you you lose five, six minutes. You get this thing down, uh, you know, under 48, under 47 and a half, even at some point. That's where I'd be looking. So, but, yes, definitely uh, over or nothing here for me. RJ?
3: Yeah, it depends. Do we get – I like his live over it, especially if it doesn't look like Packers are putting up any resistance at all to this Dallas offense, which could throw all over them. We know Dak Prescott – He's, he, from his first year in the league, he was, what, a fourth-round pick, and, and I think he went out and won Rookie of the Year and looked amazing, looked like a franchise quarterback right away. But this Super Bowl appearance has been elusive, and they just have not gotten it. Clock's kind of ticking. This feels like the year where they got into the two-seed. San Francisco, as much of a juggernaut as they look some weeks, they looked a little bit, um, especially against the Cowboys too, they look like beatable some weeks too, and they're dealing with some injuries now. So it feels like this might be the the, the week that – this might be the year that Dallas feels like we need to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl here. And I just expect him to be on his best game. He was an MVP candidate this season. So I think he's going to score a bunch of points. I'd be looking for that over 29 and a half on the Cowboys team total more than I would the full game. Just because like I said, I think the, the, the scenarios that Green Bay's offense could factor into this game are so wide that they could score 10 or they could score 45 here. Yeah, and if it gets to be like
1: 31-17 late, the thing I worry about is Mike McCarthy uh, because you know uh, how tight and how conservative he can get uh, in those scenarios. Let's move on to Rams at Lions. Very interesting line, very interesting game, and there's been a battle back and forth, you know, three and a half to three. Now we're seeing the Lions only laying three. I'm on the Rams three and a half. I mean, this offense has been incredible since Kyron Williams came back 26 plus in seven straight games. Don't count the last game where they rested everyone. And that rest I think is just critical for guys like Cooper cup and Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald, the lions. I believe foolishly played their starters when you knew the Cowboys were going to win the game uh, and you get Sam Laporta hurt. He's a big part of that offense and the Rams defense, is not terrible so i don't think detroit's going to run for like 240 yards i know that will be the game plan going in uh but you also have the jared goff angle and sean mcveigh and raheem morris they know how to attack jared goff this is going to be a great game it's going to be a classic game but i think it's going to be a field goal game and that's why i love getting the hook with the rams and we know stafford can come through the back door if he needs to uh it's going to be crazy in detroit rj how do you how do you see this one
3: Yeah, I want to lay the three with the Lions. I just need to have the three. I am worried about that backdoor with Stafford. He's playing very well, and this is obviously a huge emotional spot for him, um, getting to play a playoff game in in Detroit, where he played most of his career. And it's their first home playoff game in in decades, and I think that crowd's going to show up. I think the home field advantage covers the three here, except the Lions typically have a pretty good home field advantage. And um, that crowd, the way they're going to be, I think the market is basically rating these teams close to even, and if you just look at the whole season and even down the stretch, I'm not sure that they are even. I know that the Laporta loss is big, but Detroit's offense top five in yards per pass, yards per rush, sack rate and red zone rate. While the Rams defense has been pretty average most of the year, I think Detroit's going to score a bunch of points even if we don't have Laporta, which we obviously do not expect to have him here. Um, they can have success leaning on the run game with those two dynamic running backs and Amon St. brown and hitting some of their complementary receivers there. Um, Detroit's defense has been a problem. 30th in yards per pass and yards. For Rush. So Stafford is set up to have a big game here. That's why I wouldn't want to lay more than the three here. Um Detroit's held one opponent under 20 points since the week nine by, but they really haven't faced a lot of great um, you know, offenses in that stretch. So we'll see. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think over is the way to look in this. I like that more than the spread. But if I'm back in the spread, I'm back in this home team, finally getting to see Detroit in a playoff game and, and you know getting to face the the return of the the, the former quarterback here. I think they're going to win this game probably by a field goal, but but maybe by a little bit more. So lay the three, if you can get the three, if it's three and a half, I'm not playing this game. Any distractions possible with uh, Ben Johnson and
1: Aaron Glenn, uh, you know, doing virtual interviews uh, for head coaching jobs. Uh, To me, that can't help the lions in this spot. Mikey, uh, are you with me on this one? Are you with RJ?
4: I'm with you on this one. Uh, You know, look, I I think the the lions defensively have been a touch overrated all season. Um, I, I think that having, Laporta being out, I'm going to call him out for for all this, you know, for the show here. I think he's out. Uh, I think that's a huge deal. The also thing, the other thing we should talk about is Khalif Raymond. Uh, if he's unable to go, we already know that Jamison Williams has been dealing with an injury. He's going to be good to go, but definitely a candidate for a reaggravation on some of those deep balls. So I, I think this is a spot where. The Rams side is just a far more balanced team right now. I, I think that Kyron Williams will certainly have some success, but I think having Puka Nakua and giving Cooper Cup a little bit of time off, he started to look healthy there. Uh, I think that this offense is incredibly dangerous. So it just comes down to what can they scheme up to stop a quarterback that they obviously know a lot about. I think this is a spot where the Rams win this game outright. Uh, it was a great season from Detroit. They've definitely turned that program around a lot. But I do not think it's a great spot for them, despite having probably the best home field advantage in the league this week. Um, It'll be a crazy environment there for sure. But the one thing about this Rams team, much like the Lions, it's a team that you definitely want to give the Dome the controlled environment. That's where that offense can really get going. And I, I like the Rams here.
1: And you think about the ramp season, you think about Stafford missing uh, one and a half games. You think about Cup missing several games. You think about Kyron Williams missing time. If that offense was together the whole season, I think we might be, I think this line might be less than three. Uh, Let's talk about the total for a minute because uh, we do have two great offenses. We do have indoor perfect conditions, but we also have the injuries that Mike talked about on the Lions side. So RJ, is 51 and a half just a little too steep?
3: No, if I'm going to play it, I'm going to play the over probably. Um, though It's interesting. You look at the, you talk about the, uh, the injuries on the Rams side um, and now they're getting guys healthy. That Detroit defense, as bad as it's been, they've also had to deal with injuries for a lot of the year too. CJ Gardner Johnson just activated. That's a big get back for them. They've been missing him most of the year. Um, and uh, it, the, the safety, I believe if he, Melifon, who was his name um, has actually been um, stepping up in his absence. The last few games, getting some turnovers there. It'll be interesting to see those guys on the field, give a little bit more depth to that secondary. And then a McNeil also um, brought off the injured reserve this past week, too, with Gardner-Johnson. Big step up for their run defense, which has been a problem, too. So um, you get those two guys back. It fortifies their defense a little bit, and um, maybe they can keep this game a little bit more, more lower, lower scoring than than we expect, which is why I haven't made it a play yet at the 51 and a half on the over, but that's the way I expect it to go if I'm going to play it. So we'll see what the market does with this game, if it wants to push it up or down. I, my feeling it's going to push it up, and it's just going to be a complete stay away for me. Uh, Mikey, what about you on the total?
4: Yeah, I actually lean to the under slightly here. Uh, We've seen Detroit kind of like that Dallas game. We've seen them be able to have some success on the ground and have some of those longer sustained drives. I don't know what the real deep ball looks like here. I know that Amano St. Brown is someone that runs over the middle of the field a lot, but if you remove a guy like Khalif Raymond, if he does not able to play and Jamison Williams a little banged up, I don't think we see as many deep shots down the field from the Lions. I think we see – Dan Campbell kind of keep it a little closer to the vest and really just try and get this down and have a shot to win this thing late. So I personally lean under pretty heavily here as I have the number down to 48.
1: And as Rams backers, the one thing I think we both have to be worried about is special teams. Let's hope uh, the Rams special teams doesn't burn us uh, come Sunday. Guys, we have to get into the Monday game, but we also have to hear from one of our sponsors. This may not be the most exciting matchup uh, when you talk about the Bucks and the Eagles on Monday night football and uh, people have been just trashing the Bucs. Uh, yes, they were nine and eight, but they did finish five and one. The defense allowed 16 points a game during that stretch and They covered that number. I know they only won nine to nothing, uh, but that was a cover. That was meeting expectations, actually exceeding expectations against the Panthers, who took a lot of money uh, late in the week. Uh, For me, I could only look at the Bucs just because of how banged up the Eagles are on both sides of the ball. The Eagles' defense over the last six weeks, giving up Thirty points a game so two more touchdowns per game i know they played a tougher schedule than the bucks have down the stretch i'm not saying they haven't uh, but to me it's going to be buccaneers or pass i am worried about Baker mayfield uh, and him being hundred percent healthy but against this defense i think those receivers should have some success RJ uh, are you on the buck side or the eagle side?
3: I am all over the Bucks. My favorite bet of the week is taking the Bucks. Now that it is at plus three, uh, plus three is a line making the Eagles three-point favorites on the road. Here is evaluating an Eagles team that has not been on the field the last few weeks, and I don't know, you know, how they're going to flip the switch and become the team that everybody thought they were several weeks ago. Another awful game from their defense against the Giants. Six point three yards per play. Three straight touchdown drives allowed in the second quarter ended the game early, and um, the Eagles had no no you know issue with with giving up after that and putting the backups in, even even though some of their guys got hurt. Hurt before that you see aj brown suffer an injury so that's another one um dealing with devon smith dealing with an ankle sprain we'll see if he's back hurts managing a finger issue we'll see if that affects him at all um and you know very top heavy team so you start getting dinged up with your stars it's going to be tough against this bucks defense that as you mentioned playing better down the stretch have gotten healthy um can can, can stop you a little bit on the run and in the past at this point now um shutting out the panthers you really you don't get a ton of credit for doing that jacksonville did it the week before but um you know better than and giving up a ton of points like Green Bay did to them, um, their th- the the offense. It's been a little bit sluggish the last few weeks, but they're 13th in yards per pass. I think they'll execute consistently against this Philly defense that's now 31st and third down rate, 30th in red zone rate. They're doing everything wrong situationally, and I think they're going to give up points here. The switch to Matt Patricia as the play caller has not worked out. Don't know if they switch that up um, you know, th- this week and try to do something different because they are just you know, getting pounded by the teams like the Giants and the Cardinals. When you get to a, a playoff caliber team, which bu- the Buccaneers are, I believe they're at least a league average team. And that's around what the Eagles are at this point. With with their injuries and how bad the defense is playing, I don't see why you would rate them much higher than average. Throwing home field for the Buccaneers, I think they should be favored in this matchup. Um, I think that uh, the Week 3 matchup does not come into play where Philly dominated them. This is a significantly worse team, and the Buccaneers should win this game. So give me Tampa plus three as a best bet pretty easily. And
1: RJ said it's his strongest play of the week, his favorite play of the week. I will note the Eagles are plus five in point differential, uh, which is a pretty bad record considering considering they started 10-1. and one. But the 10-1 and one was a little bit of a mirage. They pulled out a few of those games where they were totally outplayed, and then it started to come home to roost over the last stretch of the season. But I still think we have that perception, you know, Super Bowl team, all the talent, and it just takes time to erode that public perception, which is why we're seeing – minus three. Mikey, where do you stand?
4: Yeah, I'm looking at the total in this one more than the side. Uh, You have unfortunately lost the 44 a lot of places. There's a couple floating around out there still. For me, it's going to be an under uh, at at 44. Worst case scenario, you push a game in a 24-20 game. Uh, That's kind of where it projects to me. I do not think this total should be the exact same as a game like Browns-Texans in a dome in a controlled environment. Uh, The Eagles offensively have been pretty poor right now. Especially with the wide receivers banged up, both probably going to be out there for this game. But when you look at that receiver core, I still think that they're going to not be taking the deep shots down the field. I think they're going to try and possess the football. Uh, I think the Bucks' defense is good, not great. So I think they surrender yards between the 20s, keep the clock running, uh, and have some success in the red zone defensively. So I like the under in this game. Uh, I think it should be closer to 41 here than the 44. The market is definitely reacting that way. Uh, I believe we opened at 45, uh, but it wouldn't shock me at all if this thing got down to 42, 41 and a half by, by the time this thing kicked off. Depending upon the injury news that we get uh, by Monday and the weather conditions, you know, Tampa, it's always live to have rain. Uh, they very much in the forecast here. So for me, under or nothing in this game.
1: And I know we're early in the week, but right now I'm seeing 60% chance of rain. I'm seeing wind around 15 to 25 miles per hour. That could affect it. So I do like that uh, under lean for you, Mikey. Let's take a look at our best bets. We've broken down six wild card games. And, RJ, I'm going to start with you and your strongest play.
3: I have the Buccaneers plus three. I think that uh, the market is way overvaluing the Eagles at this point. Um, and, and just getting plus three is kind of a gift for us. That line should be on the other side of pick 'em to me. I have teaser of the Texans plus eight and a half and the Cowboys minus one and a half. I would play the Texans plus three if that becomes available. If not, perfect team to tease with the Cowboys, who I think are going to win that game against the Packers. A team that I think might be getting a little overrated at this point. Not enough um, you know, being paying attention to how bad their defense has been down the stretch.
1: I'm going to go with the chiefs because the NFL didn't do the dolphins any favors and having them play on a short week traveling with all of those injuries. They're signing people off the street right now to try and rush Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to lay it with the chiefs. I'm going to take the Rams plus the three and a half. You got to get the hook uh, to play the Rams because that offense has been unbelievable when all the key guys are healthy and they're healthy and they're playing indoors. And then the Packers, this This is, I think, going to be the most intriguing game of the weekend uh, to see Mike McCarthy in maybe coaching for his job, which is, you know, shocking to say against Jordan Love, who has nothing to lose, who is playing great football right now. And I think the Packers can do enough uh, to at least just lose by a touchdown. Mike, let's hear from you.
4: Kansas City Chiefs, best play of the week for me, three and a half or four. It looks like the market's already moved to four on almost every spot I would grab it now because I would be stunned if we didn't see four and a halfs at a minimum. You definitely want to keep that four-point push condition alive uh, in a game like this in a playoff. But when you look at Kansas City and the best way to stop them, you've got to have a strong second level of the defense. Miami's down four linebackers in two weeks, played a ton of defensive plays last week. Now they're on the short week with travel, but it's also cold. And you look at the injuries they've got offensively, the two receivers, the running back, guys that are going to be getting hit. It is very different getting hit when it's 12 degrees outside or colder than it is when you're playing in 65, 70-degree weather. I think this is a great spot to back Kansas City. I made the number in this one up to minus six. And then the Rams, I, I like them here. I do not think you should be getting more than a field goal. I know that Detroit has a significant home field edge. I think their injuries on the offensive side of the ball are going to be a problem. I think the Rams are still undervalued. I know they didn't have the starters play in the last game. Seven of the last eight games, they have won. Call it six of seven if you remove that one. The lone loss was a game where they put up 31 points on the road at Baltimore and covered the spread. Uh, I'm back in the Rams until they give me reason not to.
1: Rick in the chat said he loves your plays. Mike, I love your plays. AMAX joins the chat. Great to see you. And the one thing I like about our show next week when we break down the divisional round is that it will be Tuesday right after we have all the matchups. So we'll have that Monday night game. The board will be set for Tuesday and we will be here every single week through the Super Bowl. Same time, 4 p.m. Eastern Tuesday, uh, breaking down the NFL. Let's have a great week. Good luck, everyone. We will see you on the early edge. 10 a.m. tomorrow on this channel.